Hey everybody, on this week's episode of The Essentials with Maddie Flint, I'm going to be doing part two of education theory. Last week's episode I did with my dad, Ted Flint. We talked about administration policy and why the current government education system is the way it is. But today I'm going to be focusing primarily on homeschooling as the alternative option to sending your kid to public school. So today I have a special guest on with me, my mother, Natasha Flint. She's a former radio host. She worked in the Albany area. It's great to have you on with me, Mom. Thank you, Madeline. It's uh, really special to be here with you on your podcast. And congratulations on your podcast, by the way. Thank you. It's, it's been an exciting journey, something new to look forward to. I'm, I'm just starting out, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. So maybe I'll continue on. You really, you really should. It might turn into a career. I don't know. I never thought it would. Do you remember the days when dad was working at the old WDCD in Albany and we all would go down to uh, visit dad at the radio station? I do remember that. And all of you, all of you kids would sit around, each got a microphone. And each of you would contribute a little something to Dad's show I towards do. the end of his show. Those days were so fun. much fun. I used to make myself a coffee and then go in there with him. I thought I was all grown up back then, but I think he only used to let us talk about our day. And I remember being, I think I was like 12 or 13, and I was like, I don't want to talk about my day anymore. I want to talk about what you're talking about. You so really wanted to talk about politics from yeah. an early age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So now I can. Now you can. This is great. So I'm going to be continuing the theme from my podcast last week, which was education theory. And my guest last week was dad. Yeah. And we talked uh, education policy and administration and, and why the current United States education system is the way it is right now. Um, today, we're going to be talking about what to do as an alternative option to public school if you feel like your kid is just not having a good time there anymore. And especially under the pandemic circumstances, kids are just not having a good time at school. They're not learning, they're wearing their masks, they're not having a lot of fun. So a great alternative to public school, if it's an option for you, sometimes it doesn't work out or both parents work, is homeschooling. That's right, that's right. And if, you, if I could just read a little blurb from this book, it's called Homeschooling, and it is by Gregory and Martine Millman. And this book was such a helpful resource to me when I first started to homeschool you guys. And this little little excerpt in here just really sums up why I started to homeschool and why I think it is such an excellent choice if you are at the point where you're ready to withdraw your kids from public school and you're looking for another option you can't afford to send your kids to private school because we haven't received our vouchers those in positions of power just refuse to give families school vouchers so that we can send our kids to private schools so if you're in that position and you want to pull your kids from the public school let me just read this to you Homeschooling does not have to be all that complicated. Most of the homeschooling parents' job is to coach and encourage, help a child develop good study habits, and show how to find answers to questions. It's not the homeschooling parents' job to know all the answers. Maybe you're nervous, maybe you didn't complete college, maybe you didn't even go to college. It's okay. You don't have to have some specialized degree. You don't have to have... Um, anything 
special in order to homeschool your kids. Teaching credentials don't matter in homeschooling. Teaching credentials prepare people to work within an institutional structure, the school system. That has nothing to do with homeschooling. In fact, the word homeschooling can be misleading because it suggests that something like school happens in the home. But most homeschoolers don't do the same things that schools do. Homeschoolers can do one thing especially that schools cannot do. Focus on the distinctive abilities and needs of each child. On each child's level of maturity, on each child's interests, on each teachable moment, and fit the educational system to the child instead of forcing the child to fit into a system. How many of us have sent our kids to school when we had a kinesthetic learner who had to stand up, who had to touch everything, and the teacher continuously said, sit down, Johnny, sit down, Johnny, don't touch that, Johnny, sit down, put that down. Yeah, because that would be seen as disruptive in, the, in a public school education system. And in public school, a lot of things are visual, and the teachers have their documents or their slideshows, and they show you what to do, mm -hmm. and they show you what they want. They demonstrate it visually while the child is sitting in the desk, paying attention, or supposed to be paying attention. But if a kid is an auditory learner, then all those visual demonstrations are really not going to be processed. Like, I'm actually an auditory learner. I do a lot better when the teachers are demonstrating how to do something with verbalization. Right. Not just the images. And public school is one size fits all. Mm -hmm. they, the way that the system is structured, it doesn't allow for a kid to have a personalized experience in school. And with homeschooling, it can be. It is feasible homeschooling. Because my sister and I both have different learning styles. We did exceptional work because Isabel liked graphics, she's a visual learner, she has to read everything, and I hear things better, so mom, you would, you would read off whatever it was I was supposed to do and I would grasp it like very quickly. It's so true, it's so true. When you are at home with your kids, you can craft how they learn. You know, if you have a child who wants to read and they just enjoy reading so much, they can actually do that. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be interrupted. They don't have to stop when the bell rings. Those loud clanging bells or, you know, that tone. Isn't there like a new sound yeah, now? It's this a little <laughs> tone. It's probably meant to like not cause stress and anxiety, even right. though it did anyway. Right. Because it just meant we had to switch and everything. It didn't really matter what the tone was. Yes. But yeah, a little little beeping tone. A tone that tells you now it's time to switch and go from this to that and that to that all day long. Mm -hmm. And I know that when you guys used to come home from public school, you were exhausted Oh yeah. from the day. You were just exhausted. Mm -hmm. You had headaches. Being at home, you're, you're not forced to have to get up at 6 a.m. If you want to get up at 6 a.m., you can, mm -hmm. but you're not forced to get up quite so early. Right. And, you know, and start your day so early. I just, once I started to homeschool, I said to myself, it's really, it's really hard on a kid to have to get up that early and, and make the bus and start their day. 
You know, and they're they're exhausted. And the teachers, certain teachers, give out a lot of homework. And so you're up all night long doing your homework, and some kids have sports. I know I had sports almost every season. Um, so by the time you get home and you're done with practice, then you have hours of homework, and then you have to eat dinner, and you really don't have that much free time before you have to go to bed, and sometimes there was a lot of homework and I wasn't able to get stuff done, because I know when I did track, the meets sometimes were late. Yeah, they and were. By the time I would go to bed, it felt like I had to get up again and start the whole day over. So with homeschooling, it's, it's really comfortable. Mm-hmm. You can stay in bed if you want and do your assignments, or you can get up as early as you want and do everything get out of the way and go to bed earlier that's right it's very flexible very very flexible you know say the children all the children had dental appointments and um, you know you weren't able to homeschool during the morning and afternoon when you got home later that day you can pull out your books and and um, and get right to work and so um, I just, for our family, like you were saying, it's not for everyone, but for our family, it was a seamless transition going from public school to homeschool. And and I loved it. And I really believe that you children thrived. I did, I, I loved it too. The only reasons I went back to public school were because in our district at least, homeschoolers are not allowed to play sports unless they are enrolled at the school. So and you can't homeschool and play sports. Right. So I went back, and there were a couple of extracurricular activities I was interested in, wanted to get involved in, but homeschooling overall was such an incredible experience because I was able to explore what subjects I loved Mm -hmm. and then get good at them, and we were able to learn things to mastery. We're in public school, things are just taught for the test, and I know I would just forget instantly whatever was on the test because we'd move on to the next unit. And to me, that is just not a good way to learn. Learning is, it's, it's supposed to be like a lifelong love and a joy, the joy of learning. And if you're just learning just so that you can ace a test only to forget about it completely, to me, that's not true learning. I just wanted to let people know too if they're listening maybe they would like to homeschool and they're looking for some resources and some help um, they can contact the HSLDA which is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association you can just go to hslda.org and you can find out all kinds of information uh, homeschool laws in your state because all the homeschool laws differ from state to state maybe your children have special needs and learn differently you can get information and resources about that if you're trying to figure out a way to withdraw from public school and you you don't quite know how to do it contact the hslda they can help you choose curriculum they can help you figure out standardized testing and what i love about it i follow them actually on instagram they have homeschooling news here in the u.s and worldwide for families who are trying to get legal help there are so many stories about these kids and families who are homeschooling and You know, they're getting in trouble for homeschooling and they need legal help and they can go right to the HSLDA for all types of help. It's just a really good resource. 
And I also just wanted to say to that person who might be listening, who may have been thinking about homeschooling for a long time, and it's just, it's a little thought that is in the back of your mind. You know what has been going on in the public schools. You know about the curriculum. You know about the progressive critical race theory and all of this information that they're trying to slip into these kids at younger and younger ages on sex ed and things that you know you don't want your children hearing and being taught when you could have all the control over what they're learning at home. So if you're saying to yourself, I, I do not want my kids hearing that and I want to try to withdraw them and try to homeschool and just think, who loves your kids more than you do? And who wants to see them succeed in life more than you? You can do this. It's, it's not hard. Now, there will be challenging days. There are challenging days with everything. There are all types of challenges, but you, you should try it. And if it's not for you, you'll know right away. Right, and you don't have to homeschool for the entire year if it's not working out. If you feel like your children are not really getting a lot out of it or if it's just not the right fit for you, you can always send them back. The great thing about homeschooling is there's no time limits. You can take your kid out of school whenever you want. You don't have to wait until the next semester or quarter, I guess, in public high school. Um, you can take them out anytime because you're not going to go anywhere. Let me just add to that, that we used the Abeka curriculum. Before I started to homeschool, my best friend in the entire world, Mary, was homeschooling her kids. Her kids are, you know, they're a few years older than you guys. Mm -hmm. And they were all homeschooling and it was something, you were in public school from kindergarten to second grade. Yes, I was. And all during those years, I kept saying to myself, I should be homeschooling Madeline. See, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I should no be homeschooling. I know that it's what's best for her and for our family. But I just didn't know how to begin. So, and so my best friend Mary, she encouraged me. She showed me her books and materials. I went over to her house and and I looked around and saw where the kids did their, their schoolwork. And, and her children were so relaxed and so happy. And everybody knows someone nowadays who is homeschooling their kids. It's not like it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. There are tons of people homeschooling, even more so because of the pandemic. Yeah. Once the kids started to do remote learning at home, some of those children never went back. Yeah, homeschooling has actually grown exponentially since the 1970s and 80s. In 1973, for example, there were barely any homeschoolers. It was such a foreign idea to, to take your kids out of school was like radical or something. It's, it nobody was. Did it. And then it increased a little tiny bit into the mid 80s. Um, it grew in the 90s more, but by 2016, there were 2.3 million homeschoolers compared to, I think, 1,300 in the 70s or something. Wow. And that's that's crazy, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Oh, in the 70s, it was homeschooling was almost unheard of. Mm -hmm. Families were doing it. Yeah. But, you know, it was just 
is so out of the norm to homeschool your kids. Even when I was growing up, you know, in the 80s, I, I can't even think of anybody who was homeschooling in those days. But then the 2000s hit, more and more people were, were beginning to homeschool. There were um, homeschool co-ops, just were growing by leaps and bounds. A co-op is where many homeschool families can get together, they can do crafting, they can bake, they can just be together once a week. And there and, too they can choose what it is that they want to focus on, because I know some of my acquaintances homeschooling, they could do Bible in their co-op. That's right. They did music in their co-op, they did Spanish or any other languages, anything they wanted to put into it, they could. That's right. They can also do sports and um, since they weren't allowed to play sports in the public school and you know something that was always hard for me I, I thought to myself I'm home with my kids homeschooling yes it's our choice to do so and I would like to take them over to the school to run around on the track but I'm not allowed to and see that's ridiculous I wasn't allowed to go to the track because it's a public school it's public property and we still paid school taxes. Now I could go after school and after the sporting events were over and after everything was over. So what is that, like five o'clock, six o'clock? Maybe even late, yeah, maybe six, because in track season, no, we're using the track, but even on off hours when um, public school students are in class, homeschoolers should be able to use the track because the kids aren't gonna be out there all day long. Right, I always just wished for just an alternative place, you know, where we could go and use a track or use a gym. But who knows, maybe that's that's coming along down the line. Hopefully. I kind of digressed a little bit when I was talking about going to a track with the kids, but I wanted to just quickly go back to the curriculum that we used, and it was the Abeka curriculum. It's challenging. It's excellent, actually. But there were times when I said, gee, this material is really tough for these kids. Maybe I should switch to another curriculum, an easier one. And my friend Mary would say, no, Tasha, just, just go with this. It's, it's going to pay off. You will see how much it pays off. What I like about Abeka is that it's spiral learning. It has a spiral learning approach. And the concepts that your kids are learning, they're continually reinforced. And this reinforcement is very effective in helping kids retain information. In most schools, kids will lose up to 50% of what they're being taught in just a few days. It's called the forgetting curve. It actually is called the forgetting yeah, it's curve. It's a very real thing. Anybody <laughs> who's been to public school knows if someone were to ask me what happened in Trig in 11th grade, which was now like four years ago or three years ago, oh, wow, it's been a long time already, I would have no idea. I wouldn't be able to help them at all. Well, you know, that is one of the main reasons why kids struggle in schools, because they're forgetting the material and, you know, they're, they're taking the test. They're learning the material, taking the test, and moving on, and then forgetting instantly what they learned. Yeah, and we're, when I homeschooled, and I had language arts books, I had grammar books, and I was able to take out this Latin educational set from the library and all of that stuff combined, I really reinforced my knowledge of languages. So by the time I got to high school, I did Latin, and I took AP Literature and AP Language, and 
I hadn't forgotten anything that I learned homeschooling, so I was able to apply all of those skills into those higher classes, and I'm still using them for college, whether I'm thinking about it or not. It's amazing. Yeah, that really is amazing. Also, I wanted to give you guys a, a biblical worldview, and I wanted you to have traditional American values. I didn't like what I was seeing in the, in the schools, what was being taught. It just seemed like there was some type of an agenda, a progressive agenda that was being taught to the kids from right from kindergarten. And that's actually one of the leading reasons why parents are opting for homeschooling is because they want to give their children a traditional education. Yes. And one that's not going to steer them away from the truth about the country they're living in. That's right. This revisionism in history, this erasing of cultures, I am not in favor of that. Now, you know, in our, our country, our history has good and it has bad. And we have to learn about the good and the bad together. Right. We don't erase it. Yeah, and people may ask us why we think like that, but I'll tell them the other countries that I know about who erase the bad from their past are communist China and the Soviet Union. Oh my goodness, right. They want to keep their Marxist agenda running, especially through the young people of their generation. That's School right. Kids, they're the most easily indoctrinated and we erase all the bad things is going to make their country look great and the kids won't ever ask any questions. And you can see that happening here. Right, that's a scary parallel. And in the last two years, the things that are being removed and erased, I'm just shocked by it. I'm completely and totally shocked by what's been happening in our country. So, and you know what's great is when you're homeschooling, you can have those conversations with your kids. You can't mm -hmm. talk about certain things in school you cannot talk about. Now, you can bring up world religions, but you can't talk about Christ. That's not allowed. But when you're at home, guess what? You can open up your Bibles. We, we had Bible during our homeschooling mornings. Um, we had these really, remember that cute little book? Yes, our primary Bible readers. I remember those. The, the Abeka Primary Bible Reader. It was really great. And each one of you had a copy, and we'd open that up and read through that. It was, it was excellent. Mm -hmm. Gave you guys a good biblical foundation. Yeah, and we could also talk about things that are taboo for some reason now, like racism. Um, sometimes in the public school classroom, they give you an excerpt to read, and it's about racism. And because of the communist narrative, they'll talk about white privilege. We don't steer away from racism because it did happen in our country, which is unfortunate, but we can talk about it realistically, mm -hmm. what the causes were, the root causes, and we don't lay blame on anybody now. That's right. so long ago. And that's where this, this critical race theory is so devastating to young kids to make one kid feel inferior and one kid feel superior. That's, it's the exact opposite of what you want to see happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. Because all that it's teaching is white kids should feel ashamed of their skin color and they should always do everything in their power to make a black kid feel higher than they are. And that's going to result in virtue signaling. Just doing the opposite of what picture in the 60s you had the blacks who were segregated and treated poorly and so now because of white guilt certain liberal white people are trying to turn that around right. 
elevate black people mm-hmm. and lower themselves and, many and people, lower their race. That just yeah, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Many of those people that my mom was just mentioning, those are the people who are in charge of the education departments. That's where a lot of public school educations and agendas are coming from. It's coming from people like them. But if you homeschool, you take your child away from that and you can teach them the good and the bad. That's right. We don't need reverse racism to make up for what happened in slavery and during um, the Jim Crow era and during the 60s and all of that. We, we don't need reverse racism. That's not going to help anybody. Just to get back to homeschooling, if it's something that you want to do, don't put it off. Don't put it off. If you can do it, if you're home and you want to pull your kids, like I said, contact the HSLDA find out how to do it all the laws are different in each individual state of course new york's has very strict strict laws very very strict you can still do it Mm -hmm. and do it well despite those strict laws they think they can come at you but they can't can't take it away you can take your children away from them yeah but they can't take your children away from you so i think that's going to conclude our talk on homeschooling today i think we got a lot of information out made some really good points hopefully the points we made will be beneficial to you if you were wondering whether or not you should homeschool and you're in the position to do so i had a great time talking about it with you mom thank you for me being too with me. thank you for having me madeline that this was a real treat was it was fun and now we're gonna go have some brownies <laughs> that's always a treat oh, especially yeah. when isabel makes them so yes. we don't have to she has really really spoiled me with the desserts she knows i have a sweet tooth <laughs> she's gonna make it worse her but i'm cooking. so excited hasn't her cooking just grown yeah. i mean she is such an awesome cook shout out to isabel I yes isabel my goodness and she learned all that while homeschooling by the yes, way she did Yes, she did. Well, Mom, I hope to have you back again sometime. I hope that you guys will tune in to my next episode of The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint. It should be uploaded next week, and I'm going to do one on presidents because tomorrow is President's Day. I'm going to be going over some really cool facts about each president, some of which you may not have ever known, but you will know after listening. So, so don't miss it. Catch you later.